This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, chance of showers high near 42. Tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of rain and snow showers low around 24. For Tuesday, partly sunny with a slight chance of snow showers high near 33. Construction crews are installing new piping in Endicott as IBM prepares to shut down one of its groundwater treatment facilities in the village. The work comes just after the company shut down its last offices. The company has spent millions of dollars in recent decades to clean up chemical contamination that originated at IBM's North Street Manufacturing Complex. Excavation operations in the area of Monroe Street began a few weeks ago. In a statement provided to WNBF News, IBM said the remediation work has been conducted over the years in Endicott, resulting in significant improvements in groundwater quality. The statement said as a result of the improvements, IBM is in the process of closing the Garfield Avenue groundwater treatment facility. That is one of three such facilities the company now operates in the village. As part of the process of shutting down the treatment facility, new groundwater conveyance piping is being installed. The piping will route groundwater, which has been going to the Garfield Avenue site to IBM's treatment facility on Adams Avenue. The piping project is scheduled to be completed early next year. The IBM statement did not indicate how much the installation will cost. Traffic patterns in the construction zone have occasionally been disrupted due to the project. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is being sued by a former aide who says he sexually harassed her while he was still in office. Cuomo's former executive assistant, Brittany Camisso, filed the case against the ex-governor in state Supreme Court in Albany last Wednesday. The filing came just before the expiration for lawsuits under the Adult Survivors Act. The Adult Survivors Act is a special law that suspended the state uh, statute of limitations on sexual assault lawsuits for one year. Camisso was one of at least 11 women who accused Cuomo of sexual misconduct in 2021, leading to his abrupt resignation. He has denied the allegations. On November 24th at approximately 5.48 p.m., officers of the Cortland County Sheriff's Office investigated a motor vehicle accident that occurred in the area of Fairview Drive in the town of Cortlandville. Officers learned that the vehicle causing the collision had fled the scene, however, was located a short time later in the city of Cortland. The operator of the suspected vehicle, Nicholas Nino, was found to be driving while intoxicated and while his New York State driving privileges had been suspended due to a previous driving while intoxicated offense. Nino was arrested on, the, on charges listed and was transported to the Cortland County Sheriff's Office for processing. He was arraigned and remanded to the Cortland County Jail. Former federal prosecutor Kat Copeland says she's running for attorney general of Pennsylvania in 2024. Copeland is a Republican who recently left her job at the U.S. Attorney's Office in Pennsylvania to run for attorney general. She was also a prosecutor for Delaware County and served for two years as the court-appointed district attorney there. 
Copeland has competition for the Republican nomination. York County's District Attorney Dave Sunday has announced his candidacy. Four Democrats have announced their candidacy. The Attorney General's office is February or Pennsylvania's top law enforcement office. Candidates must file paperwork by February 13 to appear on the April 23rd primary ballot. A growing number of states are working to keep food out of landfills over concerns the waste is taking up too much space and posing environmental problems. Globally, about a third of food is wasted. In the United States, it's even higher at 40%. California and some others have passed laws requiring food waste to be composted, while others, including New York State, require supermarkets and other businesses to redirect food to food pantries. They argue it saves landfill, landfill space, cuts methane emissions, and also gives poor families more choices. New York says it already has recycled or donated 5 million pounds of leftover food. Police say a suspect has been arrested in the shooting of three young men of Palestinian descent who were attending a Thanksgiving holiday gathering near the University of Vermont campus. Police say the three were shot and injured Saturday night in Burlington. One of the men suffered serious injuries and the others are in stable condition. Police Chief John Murad says a man with a gun approached the trio who were walking and fired at least four rounds before fleeing. Murad says the shooting may have been a hate crime. Protests have been widespread and tensions have escalated in the U.S. as the death toll rises in the Israel-Hamas war. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Bingham to Now, Monday, November 27th. 2023. 607-772-1290 is the number if you'd like to talk on WNBF's Binghamton Now program. All are cordially invited to participate in our program. As we get back to work following our giving of thanks over the last few days, I trust you had an enjoyable Thanksgiving weekend. I hope it was enjoyable and relaxing and thought-provoking. Feel free to share some thoughts, if you wish, by uh, giving us a call. Again, the number... 607-772-1290. I will be here till noon. Then from noon to six, various other opinions will be expressed. Dan Bongino from noon to three. Sean Hannity from three to six. And then more opinions after 6 p.m., including Mark Levin. So if you have things... To talk about this is the place. This is the place to talk. <laughs> 
at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. Anything interesting happened to you over the weekend? Anything that was intriguing, surprising, shocking? <laughs> or did everything go the way you expected it to go? Everything went pretty much the way I expected the weekend to go, which is a good thing. No big surprises. Oh, a few little surprises, but nothing nothing that uh, rises to the level of shock and awe. Let's take a look at some of the headlines. Since I have been conveniently out of the news loop, let me um, just see what the top headline is in the New York Times. Usually a good place to check first. In countdown to Iowa, you know who is coasting. <laughs> All right. All right. A slow news day, I see, at the New York Times. Let's take a phone call. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Hello? Okay. Well, of course, the phone lines are probably a bit rusty and dusty after uh, their Thanksgiving break. Feel free to call in. We'll probably get the phone lines to work at some point. Okay, so I saw the headline in the New York Times and countdown to Iowa. You know who is coasting. Let's see if the Washington Post can do anything better. Donations to GOP drop as worries mount about the party's finances. Again, apparently a slow news day. Wall Street Journal, let's see how they're doing. Negotiators work to extend Israel-Hamas truce. Well, that's actual news there. Um, oh, I know. Syracuse has a website. Syracuse.com. Their top story, Dan Mullen, post on social media that he will not be next coach at Syracuse. All right. Not doing too well here from a news standpoint. Albany, what does the Times Union bring us? Improvements to diversion programs needed after bail changes. Um, try one more time. Buffalo. Buffalo. Can the Buffalo News give us anything juicy? Mm -mm -mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ryan Johnson's best attribute as a defenseman has helped the rookie stick with Sabres. So, well, it is a Monday morning after the Thanksgiving weekend, so I suppose anybody who was hoping for big news stories was foolish to begin with. Hmm. Well, I know this is probably ill-advised, but the press. Most recent medium, median home sales in Broome County down. Well, is this another one of those stories where 
I suppose this is another one of those stories where they just had someone write the basic story a few months ago, and now about every four weeks this pops up with the new local numbers punched in. Let me see. Go to the end to see if they admit that this is a story that we... Eh, On this version, it doesn't... It doesn't admit that this is one of those stories where they just write it once and then use it forever. Just punch it up once a month when the new numbers come in from, I believe, Realtors.com. Yep, Realtor.com. So that's how they localize. Now, instead of... Instead of a disclaimer at the end of this story which I think was supposed to be there to at least acknowledge <laughs> this story is not something that was done by a local reporter. I mean, painfully obvious to those of us who are local reporters, but I think there's supposed to be a disclaimer at the end that acknowledges the story was written by an underpaid journalist somewhere in the Gannett content farm and then the story was as they say localized with your figures but instead all we get is a cryptic message at the end about site code so I think I think the disclaimer was not included but anyway oh I know let's check out the New York City tabloids they're always Newsworthy. 23-year-old man. This is the New York Daily News website. 23-year-old man stabbed to death outside a fast food restaurant in the Bronx. And last but hardly least, the New York Post. Derek Chauvin's foes will stop at nothing to punish ex-cop as he's nearly killed in prison. Story T says the Minneapolis cop convicted of murdering George Floyd has been thoroughly scrubbed of his personhood, let alone his rights. Oh, so it's it's not a news story, it's an opinion column, is the lead of the New York Post. Well, okay, that gives me, <laughs> gives me a sense. Hopscotching through various news websites, I see... Since last Wednesday afternoon, I apparently have missed almost nothing. And (laughs) apparently nothing happened around here. At least nothing anyone wants to talk about. If you do want to talk about something that has happened around here or something you believe will be happening around here, you certainly can contact us at 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota.
WNBA, if you keep me hanging on 922, 22 past the hour with Binghamton now. Here on a Monday morning, I'm Bob Joseph. Oh, we received an alert from Roger Neal tonight from 6 to 7. The Bearcats Coaches Show will air live from Food and Fire in Johnson City. Both head coaches will be there along with other special guests, and fans are invited to stop by and hear the latest on Bearcats basketball. So live and direct in Johnson City, Food and Fire. I think I should stop by and check that out. Maybe get a chicken wing. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Well, it's uh, John from the ho- for the holidays from Binghamton. <laughs> Merry West Side. You know, I uh, I did think of something the other day when I was walking. Uh, I uh, and uh, with the passing of Officer Grace uh, yesterday, a couple days ago, I was thinking. I said, "Cheapers." I have become uh, the one of the last walkers uh, that you can set your watch by uh, on the west side of Binghamton. I mean, everybody else is newer, newer people, but uh, I know uh, one. And I won't mention the person's name, but a, a prominent person who I see walking on the west side, pretty much like clockwork. Not maybe not as much as you, but almost as much. Yeah. Well. That, but you're that, right. There, there aren't that many left. I, I know there, there were a lot of people I used to see, walking, along the mean streets of the West Side, as in, those mean streets, Beethoven and Laurel, mean, mean streets, Neyland. Yeah. <laughs> Good streets. So, so my uh, subject today is public speaking. You know, and I've been analyzing. You know, I speak. You know, well, I've spoken at the Johnson City School Board recently. I speak at the IDA, the Town of Union, and and what's I'm I'm trying to uh, figure out uh, why uh, some municipalities, school districts, have no problem with public comment and it goes off without a hitch, and why uh, others uh, resent or do anything they uh, can to stop. A citizen from talking, uh, and some of these things are required by law. I mean, when I was carried out of the Broome County Legislature during the budget hearing, uh, what was interesting to me is, and I'm still doing the research on this. I didn't speak over my time. I didn't create a disturbance. The chairman of the legislature created the disturbance because he didn't like what I was saying. Uh, but I wasn't wasn't allowed to go back into my chair uh, for the rest of the hearing and the meeting, and I was told on the sixth on the bottom floor. Of course, the legislature is on the sixth floor. That if I uh, came back in the building, even in the lobby, I was going to be arrested. Uh, so, uh, and then the strange occurrence: I wasn't at a town of Estel meeting on. October 19th, or no, 18th, I guess it was. I wasn't there. They allowed uh, someone who was not identified, but I know who it is, to uh, engage in, there was no other subject she was talking about but me. And she engaged in numerous untrue defamatory statements. Uh, It was... Well, I mean, what was uh, the, without rehashing defamatory statements, I mean, what was the... 
premise of her speaking at, at a town board meeting about you. That sounds, first of all, I, I don't recall attending any government meeting ever where anyone's been allowed to take time during the, the public session, a public comment session, and um, make any remarks about someone else who has spoken. I, I mean, well, that's, that sounds uh, extremely unusual. Well, Bob, I've been stopped. I've been stopped even when referring to court papers or uh, uh, articles in the newspaper. I, I've been stopped uh, in mid midstream. You know, we're not going there. I won't allow it. Uh, but uh, 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 town uh, supervisor John Schaefer allowed this woman, who is, uh, for lack of a better word, the current partner of a town council person. And uh, there's there's nothing in it about anything else but me and these false defamatory actions. I am not going to repeat them. Uh, uh, she did file a, a police report at one time. The police... Uh, uh, knew what kind of vehicle I had. She, she didn't even match the vehicle. She's uh, she's hallucinating into thinking that I'm driving on her street and that I'm stalking her. Now this is this is not true. I don't even. But I even. Don't e but I'll say this: even if it were true, we'll stipulate for uh, this discussion. It's not true. But say if by chance it was true, I don't know that a town board meeting is the venue for. For that to come up, I, I don't know that there would be any any town business involved. I mean, if if two private citizens are having a dispute, I don't I don't see where anything the town well, board could do about it. Maybe pass a resolution and say, "Can't we all get along?" But it, to me, it doesn't sound like any of the well, town's business. Well, uh, this woman's a public figure in her own right. In fact, she refers to herself as, as a public figure, and she's been on. Uh, the Daily Mail, the New York Post, and... Um, so what did she want done? I mean, the bottom line is, speaking... So did she want you banned from the town of Vestal? Did she, during the comments, indicate what she hoped would happen? No, she she brought up her baby, that something was going to happen to her baby. Mm, well, and again, uh, that sounds like if if it's a public safety concern, that's why the Vestal Police or Broome County Sheriff's Office, or state police. I mean, there are numerous agencies that are, are positioned to handle concerns like that, but I'm not sure that the town supervisor or any member of the town board could do anything about it. Anyway, having, well, having stipulated that, um, I, so how long did that, that uh, comment where, where you were the topic of the, of the remarks by this a Vestal resident. How long did that go on? Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's various ways in which a town can keep uh, record minutes, and all are lawful. Uh, the town of Vestal uses a, a not a verbatim transcript or a tape. Uh, the uh, town clerk uh, records what the gist is. It is. Yeah, I don't uh, like I don't like those those types yeah. of transcripts. Yeah, but well, does the town because we've We've uh, rehashed, or we've hashed and rehashed this so many times. It's it's getting boring by now to everyone except you and me. But as far as we know, the town won't um, show its meetings, won't live stream its meetings 
uh, on YouTube so everybody on the planet can see them if they can't make it. Unlike Binghamton, you know, Binghamton may be imperfect, but Binghamton at least uh, works to stream virtually every significant meeting on YouTube and then they're archived. Uh, does the town of Vestal at least make an audio recording of, uh, of the meetings? I I don't believe they do, but here's what the, here's what's coming up. They, like other uh, uh, bodies, have to approve uh, the accuracy and the veracity uh, of the meeting minutes from the prior meeting. They've already published these meeting minutes. Normally, what would happen is if they're not approved, uh, there would be some sort of uh, uh, reference to a draft or the unapproved minutes. And then at the next meeting, they will vote to approve. And they can uh, redact. They certainly should redact my name from these from these minutes. And they should uh, also make a comment. Now, I, I, I'll just read you a paragraph. No, I, don't. I, don't. Okay. Don't. Okay, well, no, anyway. I, I, I mean, the basic, but again, my basic thought, because I've attended many government meetings over the last few years, and I just, I've never heard in a well, public meeting. Now, maybe this was a, a regular business meeting, right? It was not a work session. No, it was a regular yeah. business meeting. I mean, meeting. sometimes the rules, whoever is running a meeting might might have a different, somewhat different set of rules during a, a work session versus a public meeting. But I don't know. It's, it's well, uh, highly, highly uh, unorthodox, I would say, to uh, have, have anybody, one person talking about another private citizen at a, what, at a public government meeting. Well, it was allowed because they're very bitter, those that lost the election, and they allowed this woman to go on an ad hominem character assassination. There was no public purpose in her uh, remarks to that town board. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, Bob, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. At the next Vestal Town Board meeting, uh, and I've warned them not to approve the meetings, I'm going to go and talk. And we're going to see if this free speech in Vestal is a one-way or a two-way street. Oh, I doubt, I doubt you're going to be able to talk about any private citizen. I don't see where, where they would allow it. And by the way, you know, maybe... Maybe someone would say mistakes were made the first time allowing uh, a citizen to talk about another private citizen during the meeting. Perhaps that shouldn't have been allowed, but I would say this, two wrongs wouldn't make a right. Well, I think that I must respond and I must be allowed to respond if they approve those minutes and that goes in the record. Uh, I think that uh, my uh, defense to this insanity, to this these lies uh, that are not even worth talking about these hallucinations uh you know uh would be in uh, that would be in order of fair play and free speech but we're gonna see Bob. all right stay tuned it's 9 33 at news radio wnbf wnbf.com 607-772-1290 let me know if anything good happened over the last four days i intentionally kept myself out of a loop because well you know Covering the news day in and day out can um, sometimes become fatiguing. So I gave myself a little news break, but now I'm diving back in. So you have uh, any thoughts, maybe, maybe some things that happened that 
I would be interested in knowing. Now I'm, I'm striving, striving to find out what happened <laughs> since 5 p.m. Wednesday. 607-772-1290. News Radio, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, WNBF.com. to now, Bob Joseph, live at 9.36 on your Monday morning. Now the forecast, because people in positions of power say the forecast needs to be delivered. <clears throat> certainly, uh, certainly respect their opinion. So the forecast needs to be delivered. So here it is from the National Weather Service, mostly cloudy today with a chance of showers late in the day, high 39 Cloudy tonight with a chance of rain and snow showers. Low 24. Partly sunny tomorrow with some snow showers. High 33. Snow accumulation tomorrow less than one inch possible. Mostly cloudy Wednesday. High 34. Right now in downtown Binghamton, 36. That's 2 Celsius and the air quality is just fabulous. Air quality index is 33. That's your AQI and your weather. 937 23 before the hour. At News Radio WNBF. Uh, hopscotching through news headlines. Looking at the ABC News rundown in a desperate bid to find something interesting. Uh, George Santos says expulsion would be a badge of honor. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, Thumb-sucking report, Thanksgiving travel, busiest ever. Um, oh, word of the year. <laughs> word of the year. Word of the year. Eh. We'll talk about that later. It's 9.38, WNBF, the word of the year. I think they made a mistake, to be honest. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? That's Beverly from the town of Dickerson. I tried to call you earlier, but my phone went out. So I'm now I'm using my cell phone. Oh, okay. Well, good morning. Good morning. I have to tell I had an experience on Friday. Me and my friend, we, we went downtown. We went around the block five times and couldn't find a parking spot. So... We decided to go back on Saturday. So we went. We found a parking space down there by uh, where the old world deli was. And so we went in. I bought uh, a pair of boots and a pair of slippers for $30. All I had to pay was a dollar and 18 cents. Oh, because they had a gift card. Wow. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, but I don't know. We had a nice Thanksgiving. It was pretty nice. We had people coming in and out all, all afternoon. But we, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed myself and 
Uh, I watched a lot of football over the weekend. I I didn't see any movies on TV that I was interested in. Yeah. So we had it. So had, did I the Bills? Did the Bills win? Yes. Okay, that's all I needed to know. I I was so yeah. out of the loop. This is how out of the loop I was since 5 p.m. Wednesday. I didn't pay attention to any news, any weather, any sports. I paid attention to nothing. No no radio, no TV, no newspaper, no internet, no news. And so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I went out and did things with people. But fortunately, uh, in most occasions, um, when I was out, whether Thanksgiving or, or over the weekend, most of the time we talked about anything but news so i i am glad to hear i guess i guess the bills winning i guess means uh that's good news yeah i'm i'm getting so i uh, i watch a lot of football on the weekends because really there's nothing good there's um basically i'll repeat right by the way did those two ever get married the ones who were uh they said might get married did oh. the nfl on bridging river no, on the NFL show, they, they they had a couple. They were paying attention because they thought they were gonna settle down and get married. Did that happen yet, or is that still going on? As the NFL I turns, I think that's still going on. I mm. think it is. Well, that makes me happy. I wish them. Yeah, but- you know me. I wish them eternal happiness and all good yeah. things. That's right. You know, Bob. Uh, another thing. My grandson will be gone three years on on Wednesday. I I as if, as you know, she committed suicide. And I was and anyone that knew Dustin Burns, please pray for the family. I mean, it's a hard time for me because he was my first grandson, and it was it was very very hard for me. But I. I'm starting to feel, you know, a little better that he's safe in heaven and and he has no pain. And if anyone out there has a problem, don't 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 feel don't feel bad. Go and get go and get some help. And even the the local authorities will help you if you if you're if you're upset. You need a ride to the crisis center at Binghamton General. They will take you. They will not let you sit at home. That's true. And and, and so and if you can call. Out there, I I has a problem. There is no shame in getting help. There is help out there for everyone. Everyone. It doesn't matter whether if you're. If you're a 11 year old or, or or 18 or 100 years old, uh, there's there's help out there for you. And that is I'm, true. I'm asking you people, if you have a problem, get help. There is help out there for you. And this time of year is tough for for anyone who is dealing with a loss, whether it's a recent loss or a loss that happened quite a while ago. The holidays are always difficult, no matter what the circumstances. 
around the loss of uh, you know, loved you one. You know, Bob, I never knew my grandson was on drugs. I never. Uh, of course, I wasn't around him all the time, but when I was around him, I didn't notice nothing. Well, and that's often I, the I case. That's and, that and is I, so often the case with family know. family members or even friends. They they may not realize that a person has has become involved in that. Yeah, I, you know, like I said before, Bob, there's no shame in getting help. The help is out there for you. Absolutely. Or, or, or anyone. All right, Beverly. So I hope everyone keeps in mind if they have a problem, they can get help. That is so true. Hope you have a good day. You too. And the first thing to do, if if you don't know of anything else to do and you need help, you need help right away, now there is a three-digit number, 988. So you could call that if you need help and you don't know what else to do. If you don't have anyone to call, anyone to speak with, you can call 988 and that number... Is designed to help people who need help. And it's supposed to be available 24 hours a day. It's 945 at WNBF. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Warren Bush from Sydney, New York. Your last caller was wrong. The Eagles beat the Bills 34-31 in overtime. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really, really good game. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed it, but... Oh well, yep. there there have to be winners it and losers. I'll I'll say I was I was happy at least with the initial report that they won, but I'll also concede I'm not unhappy that the Eagles won. I'm you know, sounds did you say thirty four to thirty one? Yeah, in overtime. Yeah. Eagles kicked the field goal. Um I think it was a fifty seven, fifty eight yard field goal wow. okay. to win it. Yeah. And All right. I just wanted to. Well, I appreciate that. But also, thank you. You, you, know, you were looking uh, for something uh, good that happened over the weekend. Right? I am. I am looking for something good that happened over the weekend. Well, it's good that everybody woke up. It's good that everybody had a good Thanksgiving. It's good that everybody enjoyed life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. I'm 100% behind you. I'm looking at the at the um the the way the game unfolded there in Philadelphia. So I see initially the Eagles scored first and then uh, Bills came on strong in the second quarter, 17 points, and then each team scored apparently a touchdown in the third quarter and then uh yeah, Eagles Eagles poured it on in the fourth quarter coming from behind, and then, as you say, overtime. Ah, Bills scored. So the Bills had a field goal in overtime? Yep, and I wanted to also say to you that I think it's really great that I believe sometimes, and I'm sure you probably, that some of these people who are calling up, they're calling up because they need help. They have nobody else to talk to, and I think that's great that you do that. Well, I I try to keep that in mind, especially now. Very few places exist where anyone can call 
and just talk to someone else. Right. In fact, virtually zero places. So the only thing I can say for people who sometimes need someone to speak with, I'm here from 9 to noon weekday mornings. I can't always yeah. talk. I mean, sometimes we have a, a guest on. But if you need to talk with someone, just say hello and know that, that a real person will speak with you. Because I'm sure on any given day there must be thousands of people in our area who don't have a oh, chance to speak yeah. with anyone else. They have perhaps no other human contact. So even if you can talk with me for just a minute, it's not going to solve all of the world's problems, but at least at least we could have a quick conversation, and I hope that helps. Yep. And I thank you very much for your show. I love listening to it every day from Sydney. We have a radio station in Sydney called WCDO, and, uh, and, and I don't understand why, you know, uh, why, you know, you know, like I say, we can't, I can't get it through that, you know, uh, your, your show and, and, uh, they're ABC too. Yeah. Well, I, I think every, in my opinion, every town and city ought to have a show like this. Maybe, maybe not three hours a day, maybe at least one hour a day, every, even Sydney or a we go. Do you know late Nate Lau? Mm, the name sounds familiar. I don't think I. Yeah, he he what he does with TV CDO. He's the uh, you know like Mister Everything, but he televises the football, high school football game, soccer, basketball, the whole nine yards too. And uh, but anyways, I I want to hold you up, but I just wanted to clarify that about the you know the the Bills game and t give you something nice because you were wondering you know, about something nice that happened over the weekend and to say thank you you're welcome and thanks for calling in I really appreciate it hope you have a good day you too bye it's 949 I'm Bob Joseph yeah if you need someone to talk to I mean that's not the primary purpose of the program primary purpose of the program is to talk about stuff in the news and provide information that you can't find anywhere else. We'll have a, a guest on in about 20 minutes with some information about something great that's coming up in a few days here in Binghamton. So we strive to inform, occasionally entertain, and sometimes amuse, but it doesn't escape me that that there is ultimately... Uh, an additional purpose to the program beyond traditional radio talk shows, and that's just to allow people to connect with someone else. Because aside from this program, I don't know who else you might connect with today. Maybe go to a grocery store and see if they have any uh, traditional checkout lines. Maybe you could have a conversation with a cashier. Although they're probably in a rush. It's 951, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Radio 
WNBF at 954. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now. Jim and Endwell, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. I just wanted to give a shout-out to the main Endwell varsity football team. They finally had a real game on their hands against a formidable opponent from uh, downstate Monroe, and they were able to come away with a 29-24 to 24 victory. And next week, they will be defending their state championship at the Carrier Dome. Well, hey, that's exciting. I didn't know about that. That's great. Yeah, yeah so looking to go, well, it'd be three state championships in four years. And I think right now they're riding a 30-something game winning streak. So, Good news for the Spartans. Thank you for sharing that. I, uh, If you didn't realize, I... I have um, a shared allegiance when it comes to local school districts. Graduated high school from Union Endicott, but I started my educational experience at Maine Endwell. So every time Maine Endwell does does well, I'm I'm excited. So I I do appreciate your letting me know. I uh, I also graduated from Union Endicott, and I wrestled back in the days of Frank Sturczynski. Oh yeah, Sarge. I'm sure everybody remembers Sarge. That's uh, <laughs> our age. Yep. Yep. Oh, those were good times at UE. They were. They were. But I just wanted to give those kids a congratulations and let everybody know about the great sports we have in this area. Not only Maine and well, all the schools really do quite well. They do. In such a small area. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. You betcha. Have a good day. You too. It's 9.55 WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Bill from the east side of Binghamton, Bob. How are you? Good. How are things on the east side? Well, uh, quiet this morning, but uh, I see next Tuesday at 5 o'clock at the Planning Commission meeting, they're having a public hearing on whether to okay a drive-through cannabis operation at the uh, corner of Riverside and Court Street, which is like 250 yards from the Calvin Coolidge Elementary School. Yeah, I covered the story. I've done a couple stories, including one, uh, I think, last Wednesday. Uh, and I talked with actually a principal, uh, Paul Stewart, who is uh, principal of another yeah. elementary school over on the west side. And you certainly, I think, know Peter Stewart. Um, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. He, and he, he explained to me why. Uh, he thinks it's a bad idea. He also told the planning commission uh, earlier this month, why he thinks it would be a, 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 he didn't use the word dumb, but that's essentially, he doesn't think that it's uh, appropriate in that neighborhood at that spot. Well, you know, uh, dumb, another word that starts with D, dangerous, because, you know, it's, uh, this would be the third or fourth cannabis location within the Southern Tier, you know, and to have it simplified as a drive through where, Things could get out of hand where they could drive through, get their selection, drive up 300 yards, and sell it to the kids in the elementary school. I mean, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Hey, we don't have uh, much more time. If you want to talk more about it, please call in a little bit later. We have to take a news break. And then more coming up on this Monday morning on WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News.
Mostly cloudy today, chance of showers high near 42. Tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of rain and snow showers low around 24. For Tuesday, partly sunny with a slight chance of snow showers high near 33. Construction crews are installing new piping in Endicott as IBM prepares to shut down one of its groundwater treatment facilities in the village. The work comes just after the company shut down its last offices. The company has spent millions of dollars in recent decades to clean up chemical contamination that originated at IBM's North Street Manufacturing Complex. Excavation operations in the area of Monroe Street began a few weeks ago. In a statement provided to WNBF News, IBM said the remediation work has been conducted over the years in Endicott, resulting in significant improvements in groundwater quality. The statement said as a result of the improvements, IBM is in the process of closing the Garfield Avenue groundwater treatment facility. That is one of three such facilities the company now operates in the village. As part of the process of shutting down the treatment facility, new groundwater conveyance piping is being installed. The piping will route groundwater, which has been going to the Garfield Avenue site to IBM's treatment facility on Adams Avenue. The piping project is scheduled to be completed early next year. The IBM statement did not indicate how much the installation will cost. Traffic patterns in the construction zone have occasionally been disrupted due to the project. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is being sued by a former aide who says he sexually harassed her while he was still in office. Cuomo's former executive assistant, Brittany Camisso, filed the case against the ex-governor in state Supreme Court in Albany last Wednesday. The filing came just before the expiration for lawsuits under the Adult Survivors Act. The Adult Survivors Act is a special law that suspended the state uh, statute of limitations on sexual assault lawsuits for one year. Camisso was one of at least 11 women who accused Cuomo of sexual misconduct in 2021, leading to his abrupt resignation. He has denied the allegations. On November 24th at approximately 5.48 p.m., officers of the Cortland County Sheriff's Office investigated a motor vehicle accident that occurred in the area of Fairview Drive in the town of Cortlandville. Officers learned that the vehicle causing the collision had fled the scene, however, was located a short time later in the city of Cortland. The operator of the suspected vehicle, Nicholas Nino, was found to be driving while intoxicated and while his New York State driving privileges had been suspended due to a previous driving while intoxicated offense. Nino was arrested on, the, on charges listed and was transported to the Cortland County Sheriff's Office for processing. He was arraigned and remanded to the Cortland County Jail. Former federal prosecutor Kat Copeland says she's running for attorney general of Pennsylvania in 2024. Copeland is a Republican who recently left her job at the U.S. Attorney's Office in Pennsylvania to run for attorney general. She was also a prosecutor for Delaware County and served for two years as the court-appointed district attorney there. Copeland has competition for the Republican nomination. York County's District Attorney Dave Sunday has announced his candidacy. Four Democrats have announced their candidacy. The Attorney General's office is February or Pennsylvania's top law enforcement office. Candidates must file paperwork by February 13 to appear on the April 23rd primary ballot. 
A growing number of states are working to keep food out of landfills over concerns the waste is taking up too much space and posing environmental problems. Globally, about a third of food is wasted. In the United States, it's even higher at 40%. California and some others have passed laws requiring food waste to be composted, while others, including New York State, require supermarkets and other businesses to redirect food to food pantries. They argue it saves landfill, landfill space, cuts methane emissions, and also gives poor families more choices. New York says it already has recycled or donated 5 million pounds of leftover food. Police say a suspect has been arrested in the shooting of three young men of Palestinian descent who were attending a Thanksgiving holiday gathering near the University of Vermont campus. Police say the three were shot and injured Saturday night in Burlington. One of the men suffered serious injuries and the others are in stable condition. Police Chief John Murad says a man with a gun approached the trio who were walking and fired at least four rounds before fleeing. Murad says the shooting may have been a hate crime. Protests have been widespread and tensions have escalated in the U.S. as the death toll rises in the Israel-Hamas war. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph, it's Monday morning. You're listening to Binghamton Now on News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Coming up, we'll have some opportunities for you to call and talk about any kind of issue that you think is uh, important. Love to hear from you, and we certainly encourage you to call in. That'll be coming up later this hour here at News Radio, WNBF. WNBF.com. Joining us now in the studio is the Interim Artistic Director for the Downtown Singers of Binghamton, Robert Manners. Welcome to WNBF. Thank you, Bob. And uh, I would say this is the time of year where we almost always focus on what has now become a, a very important event for the Binghamton area, for the region. This is a, a holiday event that I know so many people look forward to every year. Yeah, we've been doing Messiah, a Messiah performance with Downtown Singers every year since 1983. So it's a pleasure to be taking over the reins and um, continuing what Alan and Marissa have created. I'm excited for the potential that the choir has this year. It's going to be great. Well, it's, uh, I think the, the fact that this involves so many people in our community every year and so many people have come to look forward to it. This is just the, the history and and. Uh, knowing all the work that Alan Crabb put into this with the downtown singers for so long, and then Marissa Crabb, it's it's just uh, just the fact that it's been a heartfelt effort on the part of the leadership as well as the yeah. singers. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm excited to work with uh, almost 100 singers this year, um, and Marissa has been very involved the past several weeks since I've taken over, and she's really helped guide me in in continuing that community tradition tell our listeners a little bit about yourself so you're just uh, you've just recently started within the last month or so as the interim artistic director yeah before i started um as the interim artistic director uh, just at the end of october 
Um, I also work for Binghamton University as their concert production manager with the music department. And then I also teach in Cortland Elementary School. And um, before that, I was a student at Binghamton University studying with Bill Culverhouse, getting a degree in choral conducting. So it's a, it's, I've kind of found a little niche in Binghamton to stay here and spend time with this community. Have you always had a love for music? Oh, yes. I'm, I've sang in choirs since I was, I don't know, 10, 9 or 10. I sang, started in a church choir up in Rochester, and then it's grown ever since. It's a lot of fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun, even for people who don't necessarily think of themselves as great singers. If you sing in a community choir or a church choir, you still have a, a chance to... Um, express yourself musically and also develop relationships with the other people involved. That's the beauty of Downtown Singers is that you can continue that if you've had that when you were growing up or in high school um, or even in college. You can join Downtown Singers and it's a non-auditioned group so you can kind of just walk in and we'll just adopt you into our little community and it's really great. And I think that's one of the special things about the, uh, the Messiah that some very, very accomplished singers are always part of the production. And then you have a wide array of voices from around the community. And it all comes together in such a beautiful fashion every it's a, December. It's one of my favorite parts of, of being the artistic director of this community choir is that there is such a wide array. It presents a challenge not only for me, but also for the singers that are um, really successful and skilled and the ones that maybe don't have as much experience but still are determined and dedicated and want to be a part of this. I have to create this balance that makes it a successful and fun event for everybody. It's hard to uh, believe at this point this is something that's been going on for four decades here. Yeah. It's, um, like I said, it's since 1983, and um, there are some in the choir that have been singing since Alan started, and I... I can't even imagine what it would be like to sing it for 40 years straight. I mean, I've only sang it, you know, anywhere between five and ten times, but it's, to do it for 40 years is just amazing to me. And although it's taken place at various venues over the years, I think the last time that I uh, attended it was at the Forum here in downtown Binghamton this year. It's going to be at uh, a beautiful, beautiful church in Johnson City, Sarah Jane Johnson United Methodist Church. It's it's a it's just a great it's a great place, and it has uh, so much history for the people who lived have lived here in the Triple Cities for a long time and mm -hmm. are aware of the history with the Johnson family. I think just having the opportunity to set foot inside the church is special, and then to have the uh, downtown singers who will be performing very soon. I think it's going to make uh, for another memorable evening. I, I do like having. Um our community choir in a place that is so embedded in the community. So it really is a special event. So tell me a little bit about um, some of the special voices that will be part of this year's presentation. So for Messiah, we hire soloists, um, four soloists each year. Uh, this year we have Martha Guth, soprano, Don Pierce, mezzo-soprano, Val Rideout, tenor, and Stephen Stoll, our baritone um, they are various singers from around the area, and we're so excited to have them join us um, next week for our dress rehearsals and the performance. 
So tell me what you've been up to it just in the last few weeks, of course, I think getting your bearings as the interim artistic director, working with Marissa Crabb too, to continue this tradition. And then, as you say, with the upcoming rehearsals, you're very busy. In addition to, I suppose, a few other things that you have going on in your life. Absolutely. Um, the past couple of weeks, well, it's been a whirlwind onboarding myself into the choir um, and getting to meet the over 100 singers. Um, I still don't know all their names, but we're getting there. Um, some of the things we do in rehearsals, we spend a lot of time on warm-ups and we go through certain movements and choruses for the, for the, the Messiah. Um, and we really spend a lot of time working on shaping and vowels. And I'm very excited with the progress that they are making as a group. And it's amazing in my experience, how quickly, say, you get uh, people perhaps who've never performed together before after sometimes just a few run-throughs that you can hear quick progress. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you're, it'll take a while of additional rehearsing before you start to approach perfection, before you get to the point where you're ready to perform publicly. But I know it's, it's sometimes really impressive how after just a few minutes, People coming from different parts of a community can get together and their voices begin to blend in a, in a way that at first you didn't think was going to happen. And it almost always happens. And sometimes it happens more quickly than you would anticipate. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the ways that members of our community can hear that progress is by visiting our Facebook page. Um, we post usually once a week from a clip from our rehearsals. Uh, I know a couple weeks ago we posted um, a snippet of All We Like Sheep, one of the choruses from the Messiah. So um, I hope that some community people will like us and follow us on Facebook. It would be great. Of course, while the Messiah... Is, is perhaps the best-known performance by the downtown singers. There also is a spring concert that people tend to look forward to as well. Absolutely. Um, that concert's on June 8th, I believe, and we're looking forward to having a few selections. I won't spoil anything just yet because we're still working out the kinks for that, um, but it's going to be great. I'm very excited for some of the potential options we have for the coming, coming semester or season. So the, uh, the big performance of the Messiah this year is coming up on Saturday, December 9th. It'll be at 7.30 in Johnson City at Sarah Jane Johnson Methodist uh, Church. That's Sarah Jane Johnson Memorial United Methodist Church on Main Street in Johnson City. It's the church located very close to Wilson Medical Center. It's right on the corner mm-hmm. near the... Uh, near the hospital. As you've undoubtedly noticed, they've got a major project that's wrapping up. That uh, that hospital expansion and improvement project should be completed in just a few months. Lots of construction, but there is still plenty of parking. So we hope that lots of people come. $20 $20 a ticket um, that can be purchased at the door or at downtownsingers.org slash tickets. We hope to see a lot of people there. And people could also call 607-205-8741. Again, if you want more information about this particular presentation on December 9th or just general information about the Downtown Singers, you can go online to downtownsingers.org. Robbie Manners, the Interim Artistic Director for the Downtown Singers here in Binghamton, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Bob. Enjoy the holidays. You too. It's 1020. We're live and local on a Monday morning.
Our number is 607-772-1290. Listening to Binghamton Now, I'm Bob Joseph on News Radio 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Be taking your phone calls coming up, so if you have things to talk about, feel free to call in. We'd love to speak with you on this Monday morning. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre owned at GaltAuto.com. in love I know what the name of it is but I can't help but think about my favorite candy bar chunky <laughs> well it used to be and then they changed the recipe so yes chunkies in the store in Johnson City with a new recipe but it's not quite as good as it used to be but again people who make candy don't care about making it as good as it used to be they care mainly about making it more cheaply so they can have bigger profits for their candy coffers. Chunky in love. <laughs> I did have one of those over uh, the holiday weekend. Uh, actually, a better candy bar, in my opinion, better candy value, it was... Um, oh, those cherries. <laughs> Remember those... Um, Yeah, the cherry that was enrobed with um, old peanuts and who knows. It had the cherry in the center and, oh, cherry blossom. And I'm just trying to see now if anybody still makes it. It was made, it was made in Smith's Falls, Ontario before Hershey, Canada decided well, they didn't decide. Somebody in Hershey, Pennsylvania, decided to shut down the plant and put hundreds of Canadian confectionery workers out of work so they could shift uh, operations to places like Mexico so they wouldn't have to pay people as much. But uh, the cherry blossom candy was produced there. And so every time that somehow I would find myself in the neighborhood at Smith's Falls... I would uh, 
watch them making those cherry blossoms and then pick up <laughs> pick up a case or something. But not really clear if it's being made now. It uh, says the plant was active for 45 years until the Hershey Company shut it down in 2008. So I can't, it's hard to believe it's been shut down for 15 years. But they used to make cherry blossoms and a few other uh, notable candies. Of course, they also made the other popular Hershey-type candies for the Canadian audience. But the cherry blossom, I thought, was best. And then they went and shut it down. So according to the Internet, what they did is they, they got a cherry. I don't know where they got the cherries, but they would get a cherry and then surround it with some kind of cherry syrup. And then they had a machine that would put shredded coconut, roasted peanut pieces, and then chocolate all around it. And then it was in the convenient 45-gram serving. As the internet says, packaged in a close-fitting cardboard box. Well, that's according to Wikipedia. Contrary to common myth, the filling was not injected inside the chocolate. The cherry candy was coated with an enzyme that breaks down the solid into a liquid over the next one to two weeks. As far as, are they still making this? think somebody is still making it, but uh, Wikipedia is unclear at the moment whether whether somebody is making it, but it was nice. It was nice while it lasted. Let me see. There is a story here that somebody did just a few years ago. Hmm. Regardless of whether you like the cherry blossom or not, it cannot be denied that this cherry chocolate treat has managed to stand the test of time. Even today, cherry blossoms can be found in grocery stores, dollar stores, and gas stations across Canada, recognizable by their consistently unchanged brand. Because that's the interesting thing. It was uh, the guy who came up with the cherry blossom was Walter Lowney. Well, Walter Lowney Candy Company came up with it in Mansfield, Massachusetts. So, maybe somebody is still making it. If, you, if you've seen any of these cherry blossoms within the last couple of years, if you travel to Canada, let me know. For that matter, if you it was it was always great coming back from Smith's Falls when uh, attempting to re-enter the USA, and of course they would ask you. I think they would ask why were you in Canada, something to that effect. And they were always people at the uh, border. I guess they were the border patrol people or whoever border control. I don't know who they are. The people who decided whether you could come back home, they were always, um, they always seemed to be amused when I told them that I went to Canada to buy candy. Like, 
Oh, is that a code word for fentanyl? <clears throat> Fortunately, they must have been busy that day because they didn't shunt me aside and say, you know, it's people like you that make our job difficult. So come this way while we ask you an extra thousand questions and dismantle your phone to find out what you're really up to. And they look in the trunk and it's like 24 cherry blossoms. I'm sure. I'm sure. Even today, I'm sure they still have a file on me. 607-772-1290. And don't even get me started about Coffee Crisp. There's another Canadian treat. Give us a call if you have thoughts about candy or other sweet visions on this Monday morning. Binghamton Now, WNVF. at WNBM. A program clearly not supported by most nutritionists. I'm Bob Joseph, and I represent that. Vic from the Forks, you're on the air. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to everyone, Bob. I know it's over. Merry Christmas is coming soon. Uh... I'm calling because I wanted to ask you a question. Have you, have you ever listened to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show? Mm, I think I heard it once, maybe twice, not recently. Uh, recently, they interviewed Donald Trump, and it looks like Tucker Carlson's in the race for vice president. Well, all I can say about that, and I, I don't want to start thing, I don't want to start something this early in the week. I I made a vow not to start anything th this week until at least Wednesday or Thursday. But all I'll say about that right now is it figures. Well, it would be a good choice for Trump because the Republicans love him. But you know what, Bob? Well, by the way, by the way, interestingly. Um, it makes sense because his first choice for vice president was a talk show host, too. So there you go. So apparently well, he has a thing for talk show hosts. Well, I know <laughs> I know that, uh, I, and he said it himself, Tucker does not like Trump. So I don't know where that'll go. Well, then but, wait a second. So if, <laughs> if people who listen to this show are to be believed, that means I have a pretty good chance of being the guy's running mate. By the way, I happen to like Trump, so that's one thing that that differentiates me between uh, Tucker Carlson. I actually like Trump. You know when he's Mr. Tough Guy when he's standing behind a microphone by himself. <laughs> Sounds, it makes it sound like makes it sound like Mr. Trump is looking at me right now. Do you think he has a spy cam looking into the studio? Because it's exactly what I'm doing, standing in front know. of a microphone by myself. Him and I had turkey together this uh, uh, past week. Uh, he probably had it at Mar-a-Lago. I had it in Herkimer. But we had turkey together, and, you know, I, I, I think that was a great thing to have turkey with everybody in the United States that celebrates Indigenous 
holidays like Thanksgiving. I'm yeah, going crazy no, I, here, Bob. I, I, this is the one thing that was uh, unfortunate about my Thanksgiving. As, as great as it was, as beautiful as it was, and as complete as it was, I didn't get a chance to spend it with him. I, I would have enjoyed spending part of my Thanksgiving with him at Mar-a-Lago. You know, Bob, I, I also want to touch base on politics a little bit. I mean, that was political, but that's just rumor for right now. I've come to the conclusion that there is no two-party system in the United States. Uh, and I think me, myself, and I, and millions of Americans are sick and tired of do-nothing Republicans who, who are, you know, in Congress, we had the majority for a while, nothing happened. We lost it, nothing happened. We, gave, we got back a minor majority, and I believe it's in the Senate or the House, I'm not sure. And, and we're still not doing anything. And I think it's because of what Hillary Clinton said. If I go down, everybody's going with me. And that's everybody on both sides of the aisle. Our country's in big trouble when all, all political parties are working for each other and not working for the people. And that's, that, that happens in the Broome County level. It happens at, at the state level. That happens at the country level. And, and voters got to educate themselves, Bob. we got to have term limits because this 40, 50 years in Congress gives one person too much power over the rest of them, the newer members in Congress, uh, over the president of the United States. They can tell the president, well, well, you see what happens with Biden. He's a string on a puppet or a puppet on a string. Uh, I'm just discouraged with the political party system, and I'm going to retire from it. I'm not, I'm not going to get involved with politics no more. Well, I would discourage you from making that a permanent choice. Well, I'm still going to watch things, Bob, and I'm going to work on uh, what I think is the right thing for Broome County. But as far as uh, um, watching these shows like Hannity and Tucker Carlson and all those, I'm done with that. I'm done with all news channels. Wait, so you're not going to participate on this program? Oh, you know I love you, Bob. Oh, I'm going to listen to you. Okay. Every once in a while I call a guy, I got to your gold coin. You know how it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, we'll we'll talk politics, but we'll talk about other things. I mean, uh, one thing about this show is I don't think, what other show would talk about politics and also about cherry blossoms in the same hour? I mean, this is, yeah. this is a show that, we, I mean, we don't know. We don't know the rules. I mean, clearly, you hear that every day because we could talk about one thing one minute and then something totally on the opposite side of the universe uh, the next minute. And actually, there's nothing wrong with it. I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people love the show. Bob, I have one word of advice to all your listeners on both sides of the aisle. You want to make America great again? Vote out the incumbents. Vote in new, because the old isn't doing anything for America. All right. I appreciate your call, and hope you have a great week. Hey, you too, Bob. Take care. It's 1039 at WNBF, WNBF.com. Everybody's welcome here. If you have uh, a topic, that's good. If you have no particular point to make, I suppose you can do that too. Although I think most people do have a point. 607-772-1290. Go ahead. Make my day. Call in. Talk on Binghamton Now. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. And always available on the free WNBF app.
1044 WNBF. Selena in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. I love your show. You mentioned earlier if I need someone to talk to, <laughs> I want to talk to you. <laughs> well, I'm glad you do. So, how you doing? Um, last member of my family died. I'm the only one that exists. Um, I have two questions. Did you hear anything about the progress of the former Binghamton Plaza or the Masonic Temple? Uh, no and no, but you will probably be hearing about at least one of those this week because I am working on a story. And so hopefully tomorrow or Wednesday you'll hear a little bit about something that's going on. Maybe both, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to. Everything seems to be at a stall. Yeah, well, right now, here we are close to the end of the year, so a lot of things are probably going to feel stalled till early next year because uh, well, with holidays. Well, the weather. weather not help it. Yeah. I mean, say if somebody wanted to do big improvements, say if somebody wanted to rehabilitate the Binghamton Plaza or if somebody wanted to rehabilitate the Masonic Temple, now would be a bad time to start because yeah, the bad weather bad is just going to the corner. Weather can change yeah. flash. But at, at some point, we've got uh, some interesting things that we will be able to report, probably about both things. But the question is, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to do stories about both this week, but at least one of them we have... Uh, something in the works and and we'll try to uh, at least advance the story a little bit okay uh, i wish you a beautiful holiday season and i love you and i thank you so much for your show i've been listening to you since day one well thank you i hope you have a, a great day and keep looking forward okay bye. thanks selena it's 1046 at news radio wnbf and wnbf.com Let's see, I was looking at the uh, those, those cats. I'll call them cats. The cats who had that show, Clay and Buck. Clay and Buck. So I don't get a chance to hear their show. Um, Clay and Buck have a show, and it's run by the same outfit that runs or ran uh, Rush Limbaugh's show. So when we lost Rush Limbaugh, apparently... That outfit decided that it was in their interest to have Clay and Buck do a show instead of just Clay or just Buck. So I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of shows that have two hosts. I mean, they can work, but my preference always has been for a program with a single host. I just think that tends to work best, but it's like say with the those cats who were on overnight. You know, I think I think either one would do a much better show uh, individually, but for some reason those cats are on together. And hey, I guess that's I guess that's okay. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
Yeah, good morning, Bob. This is Dennis from Barton. Morning, Dennis. What's up? Hey, kind of a change of subject here, but the seamless transition to NYSEG electric smart meters. <laughs> yeah, how's that going? Yeah, great. So, so did 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 the uh, the smart meter team stop by your place yet? Yes, there's there is a smart meter plugged into my meter base. However, I got home from town one day last week, and there was a card hanging on my door, very much like a hotel do not disturb card, and this is what it says on it. This is the whole card. We were not able to complete your smart meter installation. That's one section. We were able to successfully upgrade your electric meter. We were not able to upgrade your electric meter. We couldn't finish installation because, A, we couldn't access your meter. B, it requires repair or other. There is not one single box checked anywhere that tells me, the consumer, anything. So there's a 1866 number that you call for, oh, my God, help me. When the automated answering service picks up, it thanks me for calling, and it rattles off about 10 options. One option is that I leave a message. Well, that's wonderful if you live with a cell phone service, which I don't, and I do not have access to a landline. There's no option to, A, you know, send an email or anything else. It is just ridiculous. Now, hmm. my electric, now, my electric meter sits on a pedestal outside. So it's not like they couldn't access it. I was in the electrical industry almost 40 years. I assure you, there is nothing about my electric service that needs repair. So what's the problem? So did you There's get nothing. one of those robo calls from NYSEG ahead of time saying something like, uh, the guys, the smart meter guys are coming over. Well, they can't say guys because that would be sexist. The smart meter yeah. team of whatever regardless of sex or gender the smart meter team is coming to your place did you get one of those robo calls ahead of time no sir i did not hmm and interesting i, I thought they were supposed place. to send you a robo call so you at least would know the smart meter team or ready kilowatt or his sister would be out there fiddling with your meters exactly exactly no uh no warning, no nothing. The only reason I even knew to look at my meter was I see a bunch of trucks around the hill, you know, going to town back and forth. And I said, uh huh, they must be down here working on that. So I don't know what to tell them. I guess mm. they're going to have to drive back. Well, I'm sure they will at some point. I mean, eventually. They want everyone to have a smart meter, although I guess you do have an option. I, I guess someone said, and maybe it was contained in something they sent me, that 
if you really, really, really don't want a smart meter, you don't have to have one. But then I believe the point is if you don't get a smart meter, you're going to be penalized. So it's basically, apparently, they've incentivized this. So you, yep. re you really... You really must not want a smart meter because you're going to effectively, if I understand it correctly, if you don't get a smart meter, you'll, you're going to pay a price. So effectively, they'll fine you yep. if you don't get uh, one of these smart meters. Sure. And, and also, it's not even nice egg personnel doing it. Oh, I know. It's a contractor. And they've said that. It's a contractor. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. I, you're not the only one who has questions and complaints i i've seen it all one of these days i know i keep suggesting i'll get a nice egg representative on the program to talk about smart meters but but now now maybe i finally will contact nice egg to see if they could send i know they won't send somebody to the studio that much i know you know the, the days right. that there, there used to be a day, believe it or not, I'm old enough to remember when NYSEG or the phone company or the cable company or the gas company or whatever, they would actually send a person over to the studio and take listener calls. I mean, that ship has sailed. That'll never happen. But they might oh. They might at least have somebody who would call in and take some questions from me so we could get more information. I, you know, they might do that. Well, I can remember quite vividly when your program from time to time would have a representative from the New York State Attorney General's office. Oh, yeah. And, and, and if and, the thing is, we could still get him on occasionally, but you have to yep. jump through hoops. It used to be when the Assistant Attorney General assigned to Binghamton was on the program, used to be yep. he... He was able to talk freely about almost anything. Yeah. And now, yeah. if we want to get him on, it's like, well, we have to be very specific. What topic? And then it has to go through Albany. And then I bet Kathy Hochul has to ask her husband if it's okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, it's just not worth the trouble. Right. You know, that's the right. problem. And that's also the problem with getting representatives from any utility or any company most of the time there are a few exceptions oh, sure. but most of the time the companies go out of their way first of all a lot of companies don't even want to hear from reporters they go out of their way to make sure that reporters can't even get hold of their phone number and it's basically yes. well if if you're a reporter and you still think you want to talk to us send us an email and then we'll think about you know, running it through some AI program to give you a snarky yep. response. I mean, that's what I get from Gannett. You know, every time I want to do a story oh, about really? the local newspaper, nobody from Gannett in Binghamton is authorized to talk with me. They want to, trust me. They they wish, but they also want to keep a job, so they're not allowed to talk with me. So you send an email to the PR department at Gannett, and then... Yep. Usually, I will say this, usually you at least get a response, but usually it also contains a lot of stuff in there that you didn't even ask about. Say, if, if I submit five questions, uh, probably four won't be directly answered. And most of it is really? perfunctory language. Like say, are you planning to eliminate any more publication days? And then the, instead of just saying yes or no, they'll send like a sentence that, 
we love our customers and we, we believe in providing them with the best news and information gathering possible, which you look at the effort that they put out every day because of corporate edicts and you see that's not yep. true. So it's, right. but, but you know, again, I, I know I'm getting off on a tangent, but almost every company is like that these days. You ask them a simple, straightforward question, a yes or no question or something, all you want is one sentence with the information. Then they send you five sentences that doesn't even give you the answer. So I'm going to, I'll work on it. I appreciate your call. I appreciate your calling that to my attention. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, I'll, I'll work to get somebody on from NYSEG. And I'm sure they would like to at least get more information out there because I'm sure they're being flooded with a lot of questions about the smart meters. It's a fun day for America because Binghamton Now is on the air for another hour. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF and WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, chance of showers high near 42. Tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of rain and snow showers low around 24. For Tuesday, partly sunny with a slight chance of snow showers high near 33. Construction crews are installing new piping in Endicott as IBM prepares to shut down one of its groundwater treatment facilities in the village. The work comes just after the company shut down its last offices. The company has spent millions of dollars in recent decades to clean up chemical contamination that originated at IBM's North Street Manufacturing Complex. Excavation operations in the area of Monroe Street began a few weeks ago. In a statement provided to WNBF News, IBM said the remediation work has been conducted over the years in Endicott, resulting in significant improvements in groundwater quality. The statement said as a result of the improvements, IBM is in the process of closing the Garfield Avenue groundwater treatment facility. That is one of three such facilities the company now operates in the village. As part of the process of shutting down the treatment facility, new groundwater conveyance piping is being installed. The piping will route groundwater, which has been going to the Garfield Avenue site to IBM's treatment facility on Adams Avenue. The piping project is scheduled to be completed early next year. The IBM statement did not indicate how much the installation will cost. Traffic patterns in the construction zone have occasionally been disrupted due to the project. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is being sued by a former aide who says he sexually harassed her while he was still in office. Cuomo's former executive assistant, Brittany Camisso, filed the case against the ex-governor in state Supreme Court in Albany last Wednesday. The filing came just before the expiration for lawsuits under the Adult Survivors Act. The Adult Survivors Act is a special law that suspended the state uh, statute of limitations on sexual assault lawsuits for one year. Camisso was one of at least 11 women who accused Cuomo of sexual misconduct in 2021, leading to his abrupt resignation. He has denied the allegations. 
On November 24th at approximately 5.48 p.m., officers of the Cortland County Sheriff's Office investigated a motor vehicle accident that occurred in the area of Fairview Drive in the town of Cortlandville. Officers learned that the vehicle causing the collision had fled the scene, however, was located a short time later in the city of Cortland. The operator of the suspected vehicle, Nicholas Nino, was found to be driving while intoxicated and while his New York State driving privileges had been suspended due to a previous driving while intoxicated offense. Nino was arrested on the on charges listed and was transported to the Cortland County Sheriff's Office for processing. He was arraigned and remanded to the Cortland County Jail. Former federal prosecutor Kat Copeland says she's running for attorney general of Pennsylvania in 2024. Copeland is a Republican who recently left her job at the U.S. Attorney's Office in Pennsylvania to run for attorney general. She was also a prosecutor for Delaware County and served for two years as the court-appointed district attorney there. Copeland has competition for the Republican nomination. York County's district attorney Dave Sunday has announced his candidacy. Four Democrats have announced their candidacy. The Attorney General's office is February or Pennsylvania's top law enforcement office. Candidates must file paperwork by February 13 to appear on the April 23rd primary ballot. A growing number of states are working to keep food out of landfills over concerns the waste is taking up too much space and posing environmental problems. Globally, about a third of food is wasted. In the United States, it's even higher at 40%. California and some others have passed laws requiring food waste to be composted, while others, including New York State, require supermarkets and other businesses to redirect food to food pantries. They argue it saves landfill, landfill space, cuts methane emissions, and also gives poor families more choices. New York says it already has recycled or donated 5 million pounds of leftover food. Police say a suspect has been arrested in the shooting of three young men of Palestinian descent who were attending a Thanksgiving holiday gathering near the University of Vermont campus. Police say the three were shot and injured Saturday night in Burlington. One of the men suffered serious injuries and the others are in stable condition. Police Chief John Murad says a man with a gun approached the trio who were walking and fired at least four rounds before fleeing. Murad says the shooting may have been a hate crime. Protests have been widespread and tensions have escalated in the U.S. as the death toll rises in the Israel-Hamas war. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now, another hour on tap. Or for those of you who don't drink, another hour coming up. 607-772-1290 is the number. Go ahead and call. Apparently the phone lines are still working, which is remarkable when you think about it. <laughs> Two big hours of working phones in 2023. 
Write that down. Write that down. You didn't think it was possible. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Oh, yeah, this is Zero from Coconut Center. Beth? Morning. Uh, morning. Okay, I'm on the air. Okay. I heard you're on, yeah, bad. you're on the, on the radio now. Okay, uh, uh, can, you, can you hear me all right? I can hear you fine. Okay. Uh, the other night, Bob, uh, last week, Tuesday, when we had those winds coming through, it was around 10 after midnight, and I heard a noise. Well, I went and I looked on the deck real quick, and I seen a couple of chairs blowing around. I said, they couldn't be yet. My wife looked out the front window. She said, the tree come down. So, uh, oh, God, and I have wires right there. So I ran outside, got the spotlight, looked inside the house, ripped the wires off, the electric wire. We still had power, but the wires were down. I went out in the middle of the road, and I could see the wires were across, not on the ground, but they were right, right across the road, like, uh, you, you know, uh, six, seven foot, not high enough for a car to get through. So I backed my truck out of the driveway, put it in the center of the road, back up with about 15 foot, put the four-way flashers on Got the cell phone, called the emergency number at NYSIG. You guys talking about it got me thinking. I called him, Bob, and uh, the emergency number, and uh, I got a recording. Is this an emergency? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, is it a life-threatening emergency? The, the recording. And I said, uh, yeah, well, wires across the road. So, yeah, that is life-threatening, you know, if a car runs into it. Bob, I, it... it, it, it it was asking me a lot of questions. I kept saying, can I speak to a real person, a real person? Then it went into a spiel about different programs they have. I listened for about four or five minutes, Bob. I said, I'm not getting anywhere. That's it. I hung up. I called 911. Within 10 minutes, choking a center fire department was here. They had the lights on, this and that. Guy stayed there till 3 in the morning when NYSA could get here, and they stayed here until... Uh, nine in the morning, just a, a, a guy in the car came with the blinking lights, and he sat there from three in the morning until nine when uh, the trucks got here and reattached and everything. So I'm just putting this out there. If you have a problem with NYSIG, like that emergency, uh, don't even call their emergency number. You're not going to get anywhere. You're better off just, uh, uh, you can give them a try if you want, but you're better off just calling 911 because after that, everything went smooth. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And I think NYSEG probably would agree with your advice as well. Uh, obviously, for something that truly is life-threatening, first call, whether it's utility-related or anything else, 911. And that way, they can dispatch law enforcement, whether it's a sheriff's deputy, state police, or if it's within, say, the triple cities, the local yep. police department, get somebody there to try to secure the scene and then dispatch the fire department, if appropriate, which obviously is appropriate. And then they also, I believe, at the 911 center, they have some direct numbers to call to... Or they uh, can get a real person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not... I know it's 2023, so the, the era of calling a so-called utility emergency number and being able to speak uh, with a person, I know that's that's never going to happen again. I mean, we yeah. we could pontificate about that, you know, every day. And, but, Bob, it can't be like, uh, it can't be because of the money. They they can't put a couple people well, in. It, well, the they could. There, you know? Yeah, well, they could. <laughs> you know, it's, hey, yeah. 
I, I know what the reality is. I mean, not yeah. just, hey, it's like every place. You know, we don't have the same number of people we had 10 years ago. And, of course, NYSEG does, and, and nobody does. You yeah, know, it's... Yeah. Well, if, we had 80,000 people when I, when I was in high school in 61. Right. We had 80,000 people in Binghamton. We don't even have half that now. I know. Yeah. I know. But, you know, that's that's the price that's the price we pay for living in the most wonderful country in the world. Jobs yep. will be eliminated, and fortunately, in many cases, some new jobs will be created. The only thing I can tell you about next year and five years from now and ten years from now is it's going to be a lot different, and you and I will have more to complain about. And uh, uh, in just ten years, uh, I'll, I'll be going on ninety. I don't think I'm going to be here, Bob. But you can be complaining if you want. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, I try. That's why I try to keep my, I keep my comments, try as much as possible, keep them under control or in context. Because whether it's anything that I talk about, I understand that a, I'm not the only one who feels the same way, and b, makes no difference because it's not going to change. So I. Although I make some observations about how things today are different than they were yesterday or a year ago, the, the main reason I will make comments like that isn't that I expect anything to change because I know that's not going to happen. It's just to commiserate with some of our listeners and and help people understand that you're not alone. You know, well, you, you don't have to like the changes. Yeah. There, just call 911. Yep. Forget about that emergency number. You're and not going to get anywhere. And that's true for any emergency. Uh, if you think there's a chance that somebody could be hurt or killed, call 911 first, and they will make all the necessary notifications. Well, they That'll, did. Yeah. They did. Or she'd still be trying to sell me a plan. I'd oh, yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> you know, would you like... <laughs> would you like a smarter meter, or would you like yeah, the smartest uh, yeah, I heard meter? You guys talking about that, yeah. I don't know. I still have a flip phone. That's all. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I anyway. don't know nothing about tap on something to get this link. Yeah. I don't know nothing. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks for your call. Okay. Eleven seventeen at WNBF. Bob Joseph serving the community by actually showing up. Somebody pointed out to me. They said, "You know what a lot of shows do." when the host just doesn't want to show up, they just put on some sort of rerun and then and claim it's the best of. In fact, I had that conversation with someone uh, over Thanksgiving. Well, you could just like, anytime you want a day off or anytime you feel sick or anytime you just don't think you deserve to work, why don't you just um, flick the switch and put on, call it, the best of and put on any random show like the other shows do. And I said, yeah, but that's not serving the public. Now, to be fair, because I want to be fair and also transparent, I do take some days off. I do. But I don't put on old shows because, in my opinion, and it's only my opinion, you know, other people disagree, in my opinion, for a, a program that really strives to be tied to current events in real time, I think even a, a program that's a week old is just too old. Now, to be sure, sometimes we have rerun some shows if they were special interviews or sometimes history shows with Jerry Smith or other things that were a unique interview. Say if 
some guy who became president. You know, I know that interview segment has been rerun a few times. Not so much because it was the greatest interview I've done, mainly because it's just kind of interesting, given what, what was said. I, I'll be the first to admit it's definitely not, not even in my top 50 best interviews, but it still is interesting every once in a while to, to hear it played back. And, you know, that's all it is for historical purposes. But anyway, I still, as much as possible, as much as humanly possible, I think doing this show live and not pre-recording interviews like some people do, and we know who they are, pre-recorded interviews just aren't as compelling as live interviews. And I know most people actually do, and people say, well, 60 Minutes seems to be doing pretty well after all these decades, and that's all they do is do lots of recorded interviews, and then they edit it down for their highly acclaimed segments. I know. But there's still something that's not as exciting about things that have been recorded in advance and then edited. I mean, as a radio and TV consumer, and I've been consuming radio and TV programming for a few years now, there's just something. I don't even, even at, say, if it's sports talk, I may not be the biggest sports fan on the planet, but still, hearing a live program, knowing that the host is actually there in the studio and is working without a script and is taking phone calls, to me, there is a special electricity, figuratively speaking, in the air and on the air. So if, if it were up to me... If I ran this place, every show always would be live. Well, obviously, it can't always be live. In a perfect world, every show would always be live, but that's, that's just not feasible. But, you know, too many of the, the shows that I hear now, radio and TV shows with segments that were recorded sometimes just hours in advance, but sometimes days or even weeks in advance. I don't know. It's... Something is lost without the spontaneity. You know, even, even the interview that we did last hour with Robbie Manners from Downtown Singers was live in the studio. Now, how many other people in 2023 are going to do a 10-minute interview with the guest live in the studio? Not many. Well, that's really inconvenient. You know, he has to come into the studio, he has to park, and then he has to walk down into the studio, and it's surrounded by all this concrete, steel, and glass, and there are no windows to look at the great outdoors. Yeah. See? That, sh that shows, you know, the people who are on the program, and some of the segments are call-in segments, but at least they're willing to do it live. You know, every once in a while, people say, well, can't we record that like this afternoon? Because I don't know. I, I don't like to get up that early or whatever. Or I have to 
shampoo the cat tomorrow morning. And it's like, no, if you can't be on tomorrow morning, maybe there will be some morning in the future where you can be on. But we're not going to tape an interview ahead of time. I think since we started the program, it seems we might have recorded two interviews. And I wasn't happy about it. It wasn't my idea. So for the most part, I say, as, uh, who, who is that kid? Who is that troubled young lad who threw a fit when they told him he, he had to do it live? They, they were trying to record his syndicated show. He had a crazy syndicated show about entertainment. And when recording the segment didn't go well, the first two or three takes, then that guy threw a fit. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Whereas, for me, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. That's what it's about. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Holidays from WNBF. It's like rocking around the holiday tree. Wait a second, that kid's had too much eggnog. Cut him off. Don't lose control, they said to the guy driving the train. Here's the forecast from the National Weather Service. Mostly cloudy today, a chance of showers developing late in the day, high 39. Cloudy tonight, chance of rain and snow showers, low 24. Partly sunny tomorrow, snow showers, high 33. Snow accumulation tomorrow, less than one inch possible. Then mostly cloudy Wednesday, high 34. Right now it's 39 in downtown Binghamton. That's 4 Celsius here at News Radio WNBF 607 772 is our complaint line. Uh, let's see. Got a note from headquarters uh, tonight from 6 to 7 p.m. The Bearcats Coaches Show will air live from Food and Fire in Johnson City. Both head basketball coaches will be there along with other special guests. Fans are invited to stop by and hear the latest on Bearcats basketball with the legendary Roger Neal. And again, that's tonight here on the WNBF radio network. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. That's a good show. I was listening to it, I think, last week with Roger Neal. Now, the Roger Neal knows how to interview. 
Let's see, he he does he does the good interviews. Me, <laughs> I can't. Eh, I do the best I can, but let's see what else. Oh, I should check the uh, bag of email. Big bag of email here from the U.S. Parcel Service. Um, oh, by the way, speaking, this is good news. <laughs> I uh, put in a request. I have put in a request for uh, a NYSEG representative to be interviewed live on the program about smart meters. So, and I have just, just received a reply. Actually, it was so quick. So thank you. I won't mention the person's name, but thank you so much for an almost instantaneous reply. So I can tell you based on the instantaneous reply that uh, at some point, hopefully this week, we'll have somebody from NYSEG on the program to talk about smart meters. This is important if you're a NYSEG customer it's going to affect you. You probably already have received the notification from NYSEG. So I am very pleased to report that it looks like we'll have a NYSEG representative on the program. I would say probably not tomorrow. Let's say if I were just looking at the way the week is shaping up, maybe Wednesday. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. So if you... Are like me, if you have questions about the smart meters from NYSEG, good news, we will have more information coming soon on the program. And hopefully by the end of the week. So I'll uh, keep you apprised. For those of you who like radio apprises. Apprise? How much? Two cents. I'll give you my two cents worth. That's a pretty good apprise. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Gary from Binghamton. Morning. Uh, if, morning. If you're going to have a nice day guy on there, I'd like you to ask him about the uh, all the light poles that they never replaced. Get knocked down by cars, and they just put an orange cone over them. The light poles over there on uh, Tompkins Street, Court Street, uh, they've been down for 10 years. In fact, since they've been taken over, I have not seen one nice egg truck replace a downed streetlight. Didn't the uh, city acquire the poles from nice egg several years ago? No, uh, maybe the maintenance part of it, but no, they don't. The city does not have a department. They do not put up light poles. Also, right, but is is it the city's responsibility? So say if... If I go out and smash into, well, okay, theoretically, say if I'm driving uh, a Bentley, we'll just, and this is all hypothetical, but say next Saturday morning at four o'clock, I'm driving a Bentley, uh, we'll just say on Grand Boulevard over on the west side, and then I slam my Bentley uh, into a utility pole and it's sheared off. So it's NYSEG's responsibility to come out and fix the damage I did? The insurance company pays NYSEG. Your car insurance will pay for it. Right. Oh, that's good okay. anyway. That's a, but, but but also, that's a load off my mind. But, but I mean, the bottom line is that it's NYSEG's responsibility to take care of damage to uh, utility poles. They have in the past for all the years that I've lived here. Yeah, I'm just not just sure. I've been here, 
I've been here 71 years, and I've watched them replace. They haven't replaced any poles on Court Street that have been knocked down. They haven't. We, you know, uh, my wife called the mayor like four years ago on your program, and asked about him. And uh, to the mayor, hello. Yes. Okay. And uh, mayor said he'd check into him. That was four years ago. Yeah. But well, still down. Yeah. Well, uh, they just put a cone on him. A I know. I. I. And it's not yeah. unique to Binghamton. I, I see it everywhere I go, well, but I don't know who's I don't know whose fault it is or whose responsibility it is. Okay, well that's what I'm asking you to find out. But also you got to understand this is a safety issue. There've been many accidents on the court of court and uh, Tompkins Street, including bicyclists that have been hit. Now, oh yeah, I I now, I saw one. Polls. Yeah, I saw one over there last year where somebody was very badly injured. A pedestrian right. was was sure. mowed down by a vehicle. Oh, a, a, a well-lit city is a safe city. Okay, we are not a well-lit city. city. The uh, All those uh, LED lights aren't working as good as the old ones. You know, I, we got more lights out on our street than we ever had. But the deal is, is that we pay for those poles. You know, they don't have meters on them. We pay, for, nice thing, for each individual light. If they're not on, we're still paying for them. Well, I've made the point here a lot of times. I mean, not just for for poles in town, but also for uh, poles on the highways. Well, I mean, with lights that are now de-energized. Hey, it's it's like talking to a brick wall. Nobody cares. I well, mean, I care. That's obvious. Yeah. No, it's I mean, obvious that nobody cares. You know, if I was mayor, I would... If I was mayor... If I became mayor on January 1st, the first thing I'd do, I'm not on January 1st, New Year's Day, the first, on my first day in office, wouldn't be the first thing I would do. First thing I would do is order a lot of new furniture. Uh, then I would call the Public Works Department or Signal Bureau or someone at City Hall and say, what is the deal with all these light poles that have been damaged and haven't been replaced? That would we be did. Yeah, but but I'm saying on if I program, was mayor, I know, your, on, but that makes but the mayor no difference. Never responded, and and why don't you call the mayor's office and ask him? Say, I'm not going to call you? him. You call him. Well, well, you're going to talk to Niceeg, right? Yeah, but the the okay, mayor doesn't come right on the question. program. Niceeg, ask him the right question. Well, why I when well, I'll ask. I'm paying for him. I'm paying for him. Right, and then. I'll, I'll probably, I can't promise because I'll probably forget, but if I remember, I'll ask the person from NYSEG, but what if the person from NYSEG says, yeah, that's all well and good. We drive past those all the time, too, and it's not our responsibility. It's the city's responsibility. What am I supposed to do then? Well, okay, well, here's the deal. The, the, the city doesn't claim any responsibility for lights, and NYSEG doesn't claim any responsibility for the lights, so they don't get put up, and and we're paying for them, and so, you know, it's like, okay, nobody's responsible for anything here, right? I mean, somebody's got to be responsible. It's either the mayor's office or NYSEG, one or the other. Well, I mean, in a perfect, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, we would be able to have the mayor on the program and ask him directly. But the world is imperfect, so... We did. Yeah, well, I know. That was a different mayor, and I don't know why Rich David didn't didn't come back with an answer. I know part of it could be somebody could say, well, Bob, it's your own darn fault because you didn't follow up with him. But still, you know, when people 
called in concerns like that, it still would have been nice for Mayor David back when he was mayor to, to say, you know, next time he was on the program, oh, by the way, the last time I was on, we got a call from Gary about nice egg polls, so here's the deal. Here's what I found out. But it, apparently that didn't happen. Well, the, the mayor the mayor says, well, uh, geez, I don't know. Well, let, me, let me check into it. Well, and they always after, say that. that was it's it's like ago. every... So what's, the point, what's the point of asking the mayor? You want me to call the mayor's office? Sure. Say, well, we'll call... Know. We'll call his office. It's a new mayor. We have. There's not their responsibility. You do not have. You do not have polls in stock. You don't have the right. I understand. They the don't. Polls up. No, I know they, they, they don't, don't have, have no responsibility. They have responsibility for the street lamps themselves. Yes, I, but I remember I, but when this the, when the city council gave them the authority. First of all, they they took off the property taxes out of polls for them. And then uh, I guess it was uh, Bob Seidel from Nystag on it. Uh, proposed legislation that the city take over the maintenance for the lights. Now, they subcontract that out. Most all right. of it, but not well, all of it. But that's, well, I, we got one truck that takes care of the lights. I know. I'm you not. you got to call them in. Then you got to give them the number of the pole. It used to be the police department used to go around at night and say, well, get this pole out, this pole out. Oh, pole I know. Out. Even but, even downtown. Don't get me started. There are blocks downtown, even sometimes outside the station here, between the station and City Hall, that have uh, one or two or three lights out. And it's, you know, this is the heart of downtown Binghamton. This is supposed to be a happening place. And too often I see lights that are whatever. I don't know if it's a bulb problem, a wiring problem, or whatever. But if I see it, you can bet that the police chief sees it. You can bet the fire chief sees it. You can bet the mayor also sees it. You know, difference between me and them is they can do something about it. Well, downtown is dark, and it, I, I feel unsafe down there. We were down there well, once before. I know. Weeks hey, ago. tell me about it, it. it. It's not It's not safe. Well, I want to say one more thing. Did somebody call about going to parking down there. We went to uh, Boscoff's. Couldn't find a parking spot. We pulled into Metro Center. We're in Boscoff's for half an hour. We came out. It cost me $10 to get out of the Metro Center parking lot. And I wasn't there for 40 minutes. 10 bucks, and they took my credit card. I couldn't get out of that lot. Incredible. $10? That's really? what the sign says. 10 bucks. I know. $10. And the parking lot's half empty. Well, I wouldn't go there again. Well, it's... It's uh, less than that was ten dollars. So anyhow, thanks for listening. Oh yeah, no, thank you. I I don't disagree with you. In fact, I agree a hundred percent. I brought up parking with Jim Boscoff last week when he was on the program. Parking's important. It's very important. It's very important to Boscoffs. It's very important to anybody who does business downtown or people who work downtown. Or people who come to radio interviews downtown. Because that I mentioned parking and, say, the live interview we did last hour with the artistic director from the Downtown Singers. Yeah, it's inconvenient and yet preferable for guest segments when people actually come to the studio. But I understand that it's not the easiest thing. It's, it's a, logistically, it, it takes some effort. And I appreciate when people do that. So uh, here's a note from a former 
City employee. Tommy from Binghamton writes about, this is regarding poles, wooden utility poles are maintained by NYSEG. Light poles, typically metal and without utility wires, are maintained by the City of Binghamton. Deferred maintenance insurance money goes into the general fund. Funds for repairs must be budgeted under public works. So thank you, Tommy. But again, and I see this, yes, it happens a lot in Binghamton, but it also happens throughout Broome and Tioga counties where somebody, for whatever reason, smashes into a pole. And it could, could be in a business district or it could be along a highway. And, yep, the pole, if you're lucky, the pole is finally hauled away. Sometimes you're not lucky. The pole sits there on the ground. But then somebody, probably somebody from NYSEG, will put one of those orange cones over the wire so hopefully some dog doesn't come along and get electrocuted. But it looks bad. It just looks bad. And I think it's a safety issue. And did I mention it just looks bad? Oh, and to... Gary's point, hey, when these poles are knocked down, when a, a light, whether it's downtown or at Tompkins Street or wherever, when the light is no longer activated, that creates a safety problem. Some people say, and I know some last time this came up on the program, some listener said, oh, don't cars still have headlights? What kind of an answer or what kind of response is that? Yeah, cars have headlights. If you're using that logic, and that person I know, he's still listening. Yes, cars still have headlights. But if you use that logic, then why have street lights anywhere at all? The reason that the street lights are put in to begin with are for public safety reasons, either to reduce the risk of crime or at least to make people feel safer than if they're walking or driving around in the dark. And also, it's a traffic safety issue, too. Well, people should just use their headlights. Yeah, people do use their headlights. Most people actually do use their headlights. But most cities in the 21st century also have lighting in their neighborhoods and downtown districts and along their highways to improve overall safety. Yeah, but you should use your headlights. Yeah, buddy. I mean, what kind of a response is that? Well, it's not that big a deal. Well, then why did the city or the state or whomever spend all that money to put in the lights in the first place? If they weren't needed, if somebody decided that they weren't needed, say like on the 201 between Johnson City and Vestal, if somebody with the DOT or whoever had decided those lights weren't necessary, they wouldn't have spent all the money to put them in. But they went and spent all that money to put them in, and now you have dozens or hundreds of lights every night here in Broome County that aren't operating. They're de-energized or deprogrammed or defective or something. And it's no wonder we can't have nice things in Broome County. If you, if you were from Amazon or whatever, any company, even IBM. Say if IBM was thinking, you know, we're tired. We're sick and tired of having our headquarters, our global headquarters in Armonk. We want to 
bring IBM back to Broome County. We want our global headquarters in Broome County. So the people from IBM drive up from Westchester County one night. And they drive through on the 201, and then they drive through on 17 to Endicott, and they see all these lights out. They're going to head right back to Armonk and say, forget about it. These people in Broome County, they can't even keep lights activated on their highways and on their streets. They don't deserve. They don't deserve an IBM corporate headquarters. We want to have our company in a place that can at least keep their lights on. Yeah, you would think it would be simple. One would think. But not in the Binghamton area. There's always some reason. Well, you know, the underground wiring gets wet, and so when, you know, because of the freeze and thaw, you know, all the wiring goes kablooey, so it would take us forever to figure it out. I know. I didn't say it was simple. If it was simple, I would go out and do it. No, it's not simple. I know it's shocking for me to admit the truth. It's not simple. I couldn't fix those lights on the 201 or Route 17 or anywhere else. I agree. It's not simple. But it is doable. But you have to have a desire to do it. If you want to fix it, they can be fixed. It's 11.47. This is Bob Joseph. My only goal here is to serve the public on WNBF. lights on city streets and the highways and byways who needs carousels we have darkened streets go ahead feel your way around try not to hit anything dave and Owego, you're on the air hey good morning bob uh just want to touch base on the electronic uh readers and i said um, my mother-in-law lives out of Horseheads in New York, and me and the wife were up there recently, and we seen a big white box on their pole out front. And I said to her, I said, what is that? And she said, oh, NYSEG uh, recently installed those. They're the electronic meter readers now. And I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. So they're going to do without the meter readers. And she said, that's what the guy from NYSEG told me. Some jobs are going to be lost. So, Yeah, no, they they have acknowledged that as as smart meters become basically uh, commonplace that obviously they they won't have a need if they can if they can uh read your energy use in in real time there'll no longer need to be um, a force of people who actually go out in the field and, and do those 
monthly or bi-monthly meter readings. Exactly. Um, because you know that technology does come from Spain. And who will we, who's, uh, who owns NYSEG is a Spaniard company. I mean, all our money and revenue from NYSEG doesn't stay here in the United States. It goes back to Spain because they bought NYSEG back in 2007, if you remember. Oh, I remember. Now, I remember when Avangrid, I guess that's the name of the company now, um, made the acquisition, NYSEG, Rochester Gas and Electric. They also have, um, I think, four other utilities, in, including uh, some utilities in New England. And, and by the way, they're not the only ones. They're not the only companies providing electric and gas service to people in the United States who are foreign-owned. A lot of, you know, look, National national Grid, who owns them? Yeah, exactly. Uh, look at Corning, Corning Natural Gas. Um, yeah, who they, owns them? Exactly. But my biggest thing with NYSEG is, uh, if you read recently that there's been uh, a 30% increase in electric and a 30% increase this year is going to be happening in the natural gas, but natural gas, the cost of natural gas has decreased in the United States. And Corning Natural Gas in Steuben County went and passed the savings on to their customers, where NYSEG is raising the customers' rates 30% across the board. So it doesn't seem like they're sharing any, any of the revenue with the users of NYSEG of natural gas and electric. They're consuming the products and sending the money right back overseas. Uh, I, well, it's a complicated thing. For one thing, uh, what NYSEG, I believe, is currently charging, or a lot of a lot of it, is the delivery fees because they, they run the infrastructure. I mean, whether it's for natural gas or electricity, NYSEG is running the either pipelines or the power lines that get the um, get the stuff from wherever it comes from to your home. So. You know, their costs, I mean, let's face it, the cost of doing business for NYSEG and anyone else is still going up. They still, even if they have a smaller workforce, if they eventually eliminate the uh, the meter readers, they still have to pay thousands of people. And those people that work for NYSEG or Rochester Gas and Electric are getting paid, I would hope, a lot more today than they were 10 years ago. So, Oh, yeah. And, and and you're absolutely right. My wife itemizes our bill every month, and I hear it every month that she gets a nice egg bill because she's responsible for it. Does she ever she get does, a cable bill? Uh, she, you know, we have um, uh, online cable. We don't deal with Spectrum. We don't deal with any of the cable companies. So who, who's your... Um Who's your internet provider then? Satellite? Uh, we, go through, uh, we go through YouTube internet. Oh, okay. Uh, and we, yeah, but we still, somebody have, has to pay... I mean, somebody links your house. I mean, satellite oh, yeah, yeah. or cable. No, um, as far as far as uh, uh, the internet cable, I'm not sure who we have. Okay. But I'm, she she she, um, she itemizes that bill too. So you're absolutely right. But yeah. the cost of NYSEG with our actual energy use is minimal compared to, like you were talking, the the line service, yeah. the delivery charge. So anyway, I will say this. So, Dave, we will have, uh, I, I believe, sometime this week, we'll get a NYSEG representative uh, on the program, and I'll try to uh, give people a heads up so they know when it'll happen. But I am getting 
getting a positive sign from NYSEG that somebody can come on the show in the next few days. That's our program for today. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a Town Square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. WNBF.